There is an old saying that youth is wasted on the young. Caroline Simmons did not get that message because this lady has done more in her 35 years than many have over a 65 plus year lifetime. Her latest feat, becoming the first female mayor of my town, Stamford, Connecticut. She's kicking butt, taking names, and bringing lots of women with her. The climb to the top feels so good when you get there. Is it just us, or can it feel lonely sometimes, even when you're successful? And who defines success anyway? What about life's twists and turns? We've learned a few things along the way, and we're ditching the culture of competitiveness. Bringing together women from different backgrounds to share their stories. Let's do this together. Welcome to Think Tank of Three podcast. Hi, I'm Rishi Candidate Capasuras, alongside Julie Holton and Audrea Fink. We are your Think Tank of Three. Our guest has quite the resume. She worked for a policy lab at Yale University, which was focused on mental health, poverty, and maternal mental health for families. She's a former visiting assistant professor at Wesleyan University, where she taught a class on state and local government. Prior to that, Carolyn worked at the Department of Homeland Security during the Obama administration, where among a long list of duties, she served as Director of Special Projects in the Counterterrorism Coordinator's Office. No big deal. She also interned at the U.S. Department of State for the Middle East Partnership Initiative, where she assisted with economic empowerment programs in the Middle East. Wow. Yeah, kind of an awesome individual, I'm just saying. For the last seven years, she served as state representative here in Stamford, Connecticut, from my district, and now is the city's first ever female mayor, as I mentioned before. And folks, she's still a few years shy of 40. I kid you not. And oh, by the way, I did not mention yet, she's married with three young boys, all under, under the age of four. So, <laughs> Mayor Simmons, welcome to Think Tank of Three. <laughs> Thank you so much. And this is such a nice, positive way to start the morning with that. Uh, <laughs> my boys are like screaming all morning. This is so nice. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored to, to be with you all and to be with this amazing group of power women today. Well, let's get right into this because I know your time is very limited as we just listed off all the stuff that you have done and what you are doing. You uh, let's talk about the the campaign for a hot minute for running for mayor. You ran against a hometown and national celebrity and former major league baseball manager, Bobby Valentine, who had a moment or two of the good old boys ways referring to you at one point as a 35 year old girl in an interview. It's something all women have had to deal with in any number of career situations. I'm wondering how often you have had to deal with the, what I call little lady syndrome of the political and professional spectrum. Yes, so I definitely have had to deal with that as I'm sure many women have throughout their careers. When I first actually started serving in the state legislature at the Capitol, uh, my first week there, I was in the elevator and, and someone asked if I was, I was the intern and how I was liking my internship experience. And I had to laugh and let them know I was a new representative. And I think that it was definitely a, a weakness I had to overcome on the campaign. You know, being a young woman, I think people don't necessarily see women in executive leadership roles. There's still a shortage of, of women in so many industries. And so we have so much work to do to overcome that, that barrier. And so I think that I had to try really hard to, to combat that uncertainty people ha had about me and that my opponent was definitely putting out there. Um, but I think it also ultimately helped make me stronger. And I think that, 
you know, all the, the weaknesses that he tried to expose Batman in the campaign could also be turned into strengths because we need more young people getting involved in our government. We need more women getting involved in our government and making their voices heard. And so uh, we found that a lot of voters that resonated with them because our city is younger, our city is more diverse, our city is made up of over 50% of women. So we, we ended up uh, using that as a strength in our campaign. I can't help but wonder how many women in our audience have had their age used against them at some point, as if if, if that's the only thing that someone right. can hone in on is to say, call you a little lady or, or, or girl instead of focusing on the actual girl. issue at hand. Yeah, I remember one of my very first jobs, I my boss told me I was climbing the ladder too quickly for a little girl my age. And I was like, uh, you also are the one who like is helping me climb the ladder. So am I doing something wrong or are you? But also the fact that a little lady, like a young lady my age, it's like, what is wrong with our society? Especially by the way, when we're also bombarded at the same time with all the skincare commercials and the anti-aging creams. And it's like, well, should we look older or younger? I'm not really sure what you want me to do. But wait, how are you climbing a ladder too fast? No one will ever say that to, oh, you're climbing that ladder a little too fast. <laughs> that makes that's that makes no sense. Also, yes. wasn't Obama the youngest president we'd ever had? And that didn't turn out so poorly. Exactly. And it's so true. They always say that to women. You're climbing too fast or you're too ambitious and as if it's a bad thing. And they would never say that to a man. And also, what kind of message is that sending to young girls? You know, we want young people to make their voices heard and to get involved in the community. They're our future and just the wrong message, I think, to be sending. Politics, for sure, can be a dirty business. How do you keep yourself centered when things are so cynical and it's such a competitive space to be in? It definitely can be a dirty business. And I've had so many experiences, whether on the campaign trail, knocking doors. Risha, you probably remember those days when you're, you're knocking on a door, someone slams the door in your face, or they'll say something negative directly to you. And I think one thing I've learned is you have to have a sense of humor about it because not everyone is going to like you or agree with you. Um, but as long as you're you're trying your best to do the right thing and serve the community. And I think just, um, you know, being self-deprecating, I, you know, I come home and my three boys don't have any idea that I'm there. They just have a wet diaper and they, and they want their mommy. And so that can be very humbling and, and grounding. And um, I try to remind myself not to take the negativity too seriously, because again, not everyone's going to like me, but as long as I'm trying my best and trying to improve people's lives for the better, that's, that's all that I can do at the end of the day. I love that. I think it is so important that we remember how small that negative energy really is in the world. So long as you are doing your best working your hardest, trying to create something good, there's always going to be negativity. You're always going to have someone disagree or dislike you, but that's not about you. That's about them. Like you just keep doing what you're doing. I love that. Speaking of potentially negative environments though, you worked for the Department of Homeland Security as a woman. What was that environment like, especially considering, as we talked about the little lady syndrome, you were in your mid to late 20s. Like that's kind of a big job for a young woman. And that's kind of cool. Talk to us about that. 
it was an incredible experience. It was so rewarding to get to work alongside men and women at that department who were charged with protecting our homeland from a range of threats, everything from terrorist attacks to cybersecurity issues to hurricanes. Um, so it was a really rewarding experience. Um, certainly still a, an old boys network in, in Washington and at a lot of the departments. I will say, though, I was so fortunate that when I came in, uh, our Secretary of Homeland Security uh, was Janet Napolitano, who was this incredible woman and and mentor. She was a two-term governor of Arizona and the first woman uh, Secretary of Homeland Security. Well, there were only three, but she was the third secretary and, and the first woman. And so she was an incredible mentor to me about how to display strength and courage uh, at, a, at a really difficult agency that was dealing with a range of difficult threats. And so I think I learned so much from her about how to be tough and how to be brave and, and also how to bring a sense of humor. She had a remarkable sense of humor and uh, just how to work hard, no matter you know, what the challenge is, as long as you work hard and try to do the right thing. Uh, she really taught me uh, that important lesson. We recently had a guest who was talking about understanding the rules of the game and the rules of the environment for which you are playing. You are, or were at that point, well, you still are being in the political realm, let's face it, but in that Department of Homeland Security and whatnot, in a, in a field, majority men, a more difficult area than most people would expect or anticipate. This isn't just like the business world, right? This is This is national security stuff and things of that nature and beyond. So in building on what you were just saying, I'm just wondering in learning and and especially in the twenties for your age, how did you adjust yourself going into that type of an environment, having to understand how to present yourself as woman, young woman in this really heavy area where, you know, this is not just, you know, venture capitalism here. This is, this is, this is, this is bigger stuff than that. Yeah, you're right, Risha. I mean, there's still far too too women in the national security field, and there's been a number of articles about that recently about the need to elevate more women. And it was definitely a challenge. I, I faced a number of, of moments and doubts early in my career there where I didn't have high self-esteem and I, I doubted myself. And it was definitely an intimidating environment to be in. And I think uh, one thing that I found helped me succeed there was to put my head down, work really hard, take the opportunity to learn from the people around me and to learn from the Secretary of Homeland Security, Janet Napolitano. She was this incredible, strong woman leader of the department. And uh, she helped bring a number of women up through the ranks too, under her leadership. So I think that was really helpful, but I I would be lying if, if I said that I didn't have moments of doubt and uncertainty, you know, being a young woman in my career at a at a department that was dominated by a number of men. And and you're right, Risha, in a field that is typically dominated by a number of men. But I think uh, just working hard, putting my head down and showing that I could, I could produce the work, that, that really helped me. Let's talk about how you got started on this track, because, you know, it's so interesting. I think even reflecting back, I'm not, I'm only a couple of years older than you. So it's not like, uh, you know, I'm like way ahead in the, in the age game here. But I remember thinking back on it in my 20s, feeling like, why do people keep bringing up my age? Like, I'm just here doing my thing, you know, but I realize now that not a lot of people, let alone women know at a young age, the path they want to go through in life. And so I think that's why we keep kind of bringing up this, this age thing, because 
at various points in our journeys or whether we're 65 or 45 or 25, there are a lot of people who still don't know and it's okay, but, but don't really know where they want to be or what success is going to look like for them. So I'd love to really hone in on your track and how you got started and how you've known with each career change you've made that you were doing the right thing for you and for your family. I love that question because I think there's so many points along the road where I wasn't necessarily sure I, w- I was on the right track. And I, what I always say to young students, especially young girls, is don't be afraid to fail along the way because oftentimes when one door is closed for you, another door opens up. And so I share the example that when I first ran for student government in ninth grade, I lost my my first election badly. And I thought, oh, I'll never be in in government or public service. And I was always so nervous about public speaking in school. But I think just because you fail the first time at something doesn't mean you can't still pursue that passion or that you can't be good at it uh, with with practice and time. So uh, I like to share that lesson. And then, you know, another time I failed is in college. I became really passionate about international security and, and foreign affairs after the 9-11 attacks. And I wanted to study Arabic and ultimately become a CIA agent. It was around the time those Matt Damon foreign identity movies had come out and I was Amazing. obsessed with being in the CIA. You can probably remember those. Amazing. I was obsessed with him. (laughs) But I took Arabic in college and it was one of my worst grades. It completely brought down my GPA. And I think we have so much pressure on us as women to be perfect and to be perfectionist and to succeed at everything. But oftentimes you learn the most in life through failing at things. And when you challenge yourself and take on things that you might not get that perfect A at, or you might not succeed at perfectly the first time, I think that's often the time that you see the most growth. And I look at all the opportunities in my career where I failed or I didn't necessarily get something and it ultimately led to a better path or it helped me learn and grow and get stronger. And so I always try to share share that message uh, along the way. I so wish we could find another word for fail because you're so right. It's when you don't succeed necessarily at that thing, or you don't get to it the way you thought you would. It's because you had to learn that, well, that wasn't the way to do it. Or, well, let me try it a different way because fail is that negative connotation. But bottom line, everybody who is successful says the same thing. You learn more from when you don't succeed than from when you do, because when you don't succeed, then that teaches you that lesson of how to change it up, go a different direction. So I served on the Democratic City Committee for Stanford through the first couple of months of of your term as mayor. And one of the things that you get to do as mayor, of course, is is have, you know, obviously set up your staff however you want, which you've put in a lot of women, but also certain appointees for different commissions throughout the city that are mayoral appointees. Out of the gate, you send out these uber qualified diverse women for seats that are looking to be filled. I was around for the administration before you. We did not get those kind of candidates or at least not the amount that you came that came our way almost immediately. How important is it for you Caroline to foster that type of an environment that showcases the talent that simply is being an amazing woman? It, it's so important to me to lift up other women and to promote a more diverse cabinet and more diversity in on all of our boards. I think our city is obviously we're in a representative 
democracy and our, our city government is supposed to look like the people that we serve. And we have an incredibly diverse city. One of our greatest assets in Stanford is we have people that speak 65 different languages and come from all over the world. And so I want our government to be more responsive and to, to better, to look like the, the wonderful city that we represent. So uh, we've really made it a priority to get more diversity on our boards, uh, to lift up more women, to lift up more women of color, to lift up more Latino women on our cabinet. I'm so proud that we just hired, uh, it's actually just at the press so I can announce it on the podcast, we just hired our city's first diversity, equity, and inclusion officer, who's this amazing woman named Carmen Hughes, who's going to work to really embed racial equity and, and inclusion across all of our city departments and our boards, and to really try to make meaningful change there. I think so often we, we talk the talk as politicians about DEI and about diversity and equity and inclusion, but we really want to make significant progress in reducing the injustices that we see and making our city a more inclusive and equitable place. And I think that starts with getting people to serve in our government and in our boards um, that look like our community. And for anyone listening that's interested in serving on our boards, we would love to have you apply. We're trying to get more young people, more diverse voices. So if you check out our website at stanfordct.gov, you can find openings for our boards and commissions. We would love to have you apply. You do need to be in Stanford, Connecticut, though. Just saying. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I love that you're this focus on diversity. I want to ask you a question, though, because, you know, when we talk about women being participatory and being part of the process instead of just being the people who receive whatever the benefits or the activities of the government are, we really want that representation because we want to be understood. We want what our challenges are to be understood. We want what our needs are to be understood. You are a mother of three. And so right off the bat, for me, I think, oh, that's amazing to have a woman understand in a government level what I might go through. (laughs) Having said that, when you left for maternity leave, you only took one week off. That single week stressed a lot of women out. And there's a, been a lot of pushback, I think, with this idea of women and men, right? More parental leave being needed. And now we have this amazing woman in office and she took one week. And what does that say? What was the, what was the thought process and the reason behind that quick turnaround? And how would you respond to someone who says, you know, this is the thing that we worry about with having a man? Like, how would you approach that subject? Sure. And it was honestly such a hard, hard decision to, to come back that early. And it's something I, I didn't, I didn't want to do. So I, um, I've been a strong champion for paid family leave and women being able to take 12 weeks. I think it's so important for women and men and for parents to be able to have that time to bond with their children, to be able to have that recovery. And it's always something that I, I wanted to promote for other women and continue, will continue to, to promote. And I was hoping, to be honest uh, with all of you, that to be, have been able to take more time and I was planning to. Um, we did after about a week, we did have a number of, um, serious incidents that happened in the city. One was a partial collapse of 
a building, a terrace in a building down in, in downtown Stanford. Um, another was there was a series of snowstorms, um, as well as other kind of public safety emergency related issues that um, I decided, you know, fortunately, uh, we were still in uh, Zoom, Zoom world. Uh, it was during COVID. And so um, I was really fortunate to be able to resume, resume my duties while um, being able to still stay at home and have that flexibility to be able to operate uh, via Zoom, to be able to be accountable uh, for these emergencies. But what I said to my team is, you know, not all women and not all families have that. And I want to make sure that we're fighting for more family-friendly policies for women who are our frontline workers. You know, we look at all the women who serve as nurses and emergency responders and, and frontline workers during COVID who didn't have that luxury. And so um, that's something that I want to bring to this, this office as mayor is to make our city more family-friendly and to be able to fight for opportunities for families that don't have that luxury of being able to Zoom from home with their kids and to have that support network in place. And so I will be honest, so it was really hard going back that early. And I want to still make sure that all women and families have the opportunity to have more time that they need and deserve for their recovery. Of course, it was so hard. I mean, physically, mentally, all of it. And, and I think it's really important, in all fairness, to say that men who are mayors, who are also fathers, don't get the spotlight put on them in the way that you did with this. And it's, yes. you know, it's one of those things mm -hmm. that women navigate, whether they're mayor in, or in politics or in any workplace setting where, you know, there's that balance between having a new child, having a newborn, but also just parenthood, being a parent, being a mother, balancing with the work requirements. Your job as mayor obviously had has additional pressures that someone else may not have depending on their, their role in the workplace. Um, like you said, your, your city was kind of under fire with multiple things happening that really needed the guidance of the city, you know, the top city leader. So, but, but, you know, it's, it's just so unfair that women, especially are put in the spotlight and even called, you know, hypocritical when they don't do as they say. And the reality is we don't even look at what men are doing let alone criticizing them for it when it comes to the time they so spend true. with their children. So that right there negates any negative opinion, uh, in my opinion. What was it that um, another, another guest we had on had, had mentioned, Alicia Holt, and she was talking about men, the difference, men, women, and how they look at things. And someone will take something that a woman has done and put that across the entire, just swath that across the entire swath of women but they, and then have to rethink, mm, I don't know if we're going to go down that road with that type of a hire again, or, or an African-American person, a Latina, whatever. I'm not sure if we're, you know, they'll, they'll put one thing that may have gone wrong or something. And that, that counts against the entire group. They have no trouble or problem whatsoever hiring 10 other white guys. <laughs> and they've had plenty of issues with those same male people, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> but, you know, we're going to go and get, you know, we're going to go and get Billy again, even though Bobby was a mess and Tim was a mess. And, but, you know, Billy's going to be the one that's going to work out. Isn't it so interesting how, how that still just plays out no matter what the situation is. It is so true, Risha. I, I found that to be so true. It's almost like a stereotype of this happened with one woman and then you you put it on the whole population as sort of like, and I told you so, that's why we can't have women in these roles. And what you were saying too, Julie, rings so true in terms of they don't ask those questions to men and 
I mean, so many times on the campaign, I got that question, how are you going to do it? How are you going to manage it with three kids? And my husband, who actually was a, a politician ran for office when I was pregnant and he was running, you know, he never got that question. How are you going to manage it? And, and same thing. I think when you, when you bring your kids to events, you sort of can't win either way. When I would bring my kids, people would say, that's inappropriate. You shouldn't bring your kids. But then when the dad brings the kids, it's, it's like, oh, he's such a good dad. That's so cute. He's got the kids with them. And then if, if you don't bring the kids, it's like, oh, you're a bad mom. The kids are at home. So I think there's just, there's so much judgment um, all around when it comes to women. And I think we just need to be more accepting and, and, and women need to do this too. We need to lift each other up and, and not j- pass on judgment and accept yes. everyone's own journey and their own path and to be supportive of whatever choices women are making. And we do do that. We tend to bite one another as opposed to saying, Hey, you know what? She's, she's got to do it this way. And that that's how it's working for her or finding ways that are working for her and whatever the situation is, as opposed to uh, why is she, you know, what? and we tend to do that. And I think part of that is also because we want to succeed and we want to move up and for, and instead of seeing ourselves as a ladder for one another, we see each other more as competition over and over again, which is why you, Julie and Audrey started this podcast, which is very much in our intro, stop that competitive nature and start lifting one another up. But it's going to take time for us to properly do that as opposed to seeing, you know, seeing that individuals, well, that's my competition and I need to knock that person down as opposed to saying, you know, that might be my competition, but if we're in competition, then we're helping lift one another up. I love that metaphor kind of lifting each other up the ladder. And it's so true. It's, you know, instead of competing with each other, when, when one woman does well, you know, that's, that's great for all women that, that lifts everyone up. And I think that that's such a great point, Risha. Okay. So now we've got these, these, you've got the husband, you've got these three boys. Let me ask you, what role does your husband need to play or perhaps already does play in lifting up and recognizing a woman's worth to help teaching those lessons from their perspective as well. And to help forward that on, because obviously we can't do it all by ourselves. No one can, not a single human being can do it by themselves. But if you're helping to teach at that young age, then you start changing that mentality before they get to the point where certain parts of the, of the world are today. Absolutely. I think I'm, I'm so grateful to my husband. He's an absolute saint and he, I could not do this without him and my sisters and my mom and my mother-in-law. I mean, it really takes a village and I'm so grateful for the help that we have because it would not be possible. And I think you're right. It's so important that we teach our kids the message that moms can be strong and, and be in powerful roles. And have to work. I think my, my sons, it still breaks my heart when they'll cry when I leave in the morning to go to work and, and they get so sad that I'm leaving them. And I try to explain to them what I'm doing. You know, I'm going to try to help people. And sometimes I'll say, I'm going to see the firefighters today. And then they're like, I want to come. And so that's maybe not the best thing to share with them. But I think just teaching our kids that we have our own lives too, and that it's important to work and to contribute to the world. And I think, I hope my boys uh, will, will grow up with that mentality that their mom can be strong and that it's important to have, to, to appreciate working parents and what they're doing. And I try to teach my sons about what I'm doing in the community. And I hope that that will resonate and that they'll, they'll forgive me or someday appreciate the, um, the, the long hours and the times that I have to miss bath time. 
Well, right. And that's the reality of it too, is all kids everywhere would love for moms and dads to always stay home and never go to work and only get to play. And that's just not the way the world works. So we have to teach them, you know, one day at a time. Caroline, this has been so good. It's just so, so invigorating to hear you talking about just kind of this real life balance of working and having your kids. Before we go, we are collecting advice from successful women in our communities and sharing it in our Think Tank of Three forum. So we have three rapid fire questions for you. Starting with number one, is there a lesson that you've recently learned that you wished you had learned earlier in your career? Yes, I would say communicate, communicate, communicate. Everything is about communication. And I think times that I've failed or times that there's been challenges at work, it has always boiled down to communication. Same thing when it comes to marriage and kids. I just think it's so important to overly communicate and to for, for young women too, to make your voice heard on an issue you care about. It's never too early to make a difference and to, to fix a problem in your community and to make your voice heard. From all the lessons you've learned over your impressive career, what would be one piece of advice you'd offer to another career woman? I would say that it's it, it, it's impossible to have it all and to be perfect at everything in, in any given moment. I mean, right now I am not a perfect wife or a perfect mom or a perfect mayor, but I think to to, to wake up each morning and to strive to do your best in, in the things that you're passionate about to give all that you have, to try to bring positive energy and to, you know, even to try to make a difference in one person's life every day. I think that's, that's all we can, we can strive to do. And to think as, as women, to give ourselves a break that the house does not have to be perfectly clean and organized. I think to kind of embrace those imperfections of every day and to not put too much pressure on ourselves and to try to bring that sense of humor is so important. Oh, I have embraced the messy house. (laughs) (laughs) I've just, I have just had to let go and let God. <laughs> we again, another thing that I just don't get along with the house cleaning, and it's like at some point <laughs> in today's professional setting, what do you think the most important skill for a woman is? I think the most important skill is to be compassionate and to have empathy. I think that is such a critical skill that women bring to the table, you know, as, as mothers, as wives, as partners, as friends, as sisters, we bring that empathy to situations is so essential. And I think, you know, I got a lot of criticism on the campaign, you know, will she be tough enough or will she be able to, to get things done? And I think people don't always necessarily see women as the the tough, hard, hard boss that's going to be able to be effective, but I think there's so many ways to be effective. And and I've found so far that bringing compassion, empathy to meetings um, and to relationships uh, in order to get things for our city and to get things done has has been so effective. And I think there's all different styles to getting things done in a meeting. And I think I've found that bringing that empathy and compassion is, is one of the most effective ways you can get something achieved. And I think something we need more of in this world. I just want to take a moment to call out that while you took this amazing time for us today. Like right behind you is your kid, like talking to himself and having a good time. And I just love that. I love that. I love that there's you, there's a balance. You can be both. It may not be perfect. It's it's not going to be perfect, but thank you for 
being a mom, in addition to being a podcast guest that I just, I love that. And I just want to call it out as being a really amazing moment for me personally on this podcast. Like you're feeling my brain, Audrea, because I was literally thinking that exact same thing. <laughs> Chills. I was like, yes, yes. This is it. let's normalize <laughs> taking a fun day at the park and pausing to do a podcast, but mm-hmm. not having to be like perfectly put together to get on a Zoom because we record on Zoom, like to get on a Zoom call. Uh-uh, that's not how we do it at Think Tank of Three. Just pause your day, little podcast, get back to your day. Yes, this has been just so great. And I, I love too that you, you've taken the time to talk with us. Mayor Simmons, you mentioned earlier the city's website. What is the best way for our audience to connect with you if they want to connect with you further? Yes. And thank you so much, Juliet, Audrey, and Risha. This has been so inspiring and empowering. Thank you for all you do to lift up women. And I just have so enjoyed this podcast. That's been the highlight of my day. And, uh, I'm glad the kids weren't screaming too much. Thank you for being so understanding. Um, so best way to reach me would be uh, my email, which is csimmons at stanfordct.gov. That's csimmons at stanfordct.gov. I would love to hear from you or anyone listening, um, any feedback you have or questions or ideas you have on how we can improve our city. Caroline, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been an absolute pleasure. I always enjoy talking with you, spending time with you. And um, once again, just another phenomenal woman, just doing her thing, being a woman. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you all so much. What an amazing way to start the day. I wish we could do this every day. You three are amazing super women. And thank you so much for the podcast today, for the opportunity to connect with you. You're so very welcome. And that will do it for this episode of Think Tank of Three. If you have topics you'd like us to cover or guests you'd like to hear from, send us a message at thinktankof3@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Subscribe to the Think Tank of Three wherever you listen to podcasts and connect with us online. We blog weekly at thinktankof3.com. Follow us on social media. You can find us individually on LinkedIn and as Think Tank of Three on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Women, click to join our private group on Facebook where we can all share advice and articles. And if you liked what you heard in the podcast, share it. You can find Think Tank of Three on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Amazon Music, and SoundCloud.